This is a Wild Conversation. Hi, my name is Callum Hughes. I'm a zookeeper at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And I'm Ashley Wysick, also a zookeeper here at the Greater Vancouver Zoo. And today on a Wild Conversation, we're going to be talking about Easter. Easter! Ready for uh, some uh, chocolate eggs? Oh yeah. Oh, as oh, a kid. Yeah. Chocolate. Eh, I'm not a big fan of chocolate, but chocolate eggs are just fantastic. And mini eggs. True. Have mm. you ever played that mini egg game? What mini egg game? The one where you like you have a competition with someone right next to you, right? You both pop a mini egg in your mouth and you have to keep it whole for as long as possible. I have never heard of this game, but I'm going to lose. <laughs> I just eat them. You gotta, it's Nyeh. just all about making sure that the outer sugary shell does not dissolve and the chocolate doesn't melt too much. So somehow you've got to keep it as cool as possible. Thinking about it, I've already lost. <laughs> like, I'm salivating. It would not help. Like, no, I can't play that game. I'm too competitive and I'd lose. Easter's a pretty awesome time of year. It's it uh, It's a chance to celebrate the new year, the spring coming in. I saw swallows yesterday, Ooh. which is always a good sign. I love swallows. We've got a beautiful little swallow nest in the um, the roof of the horse barn. Really? Yeah, it's really cute to watch uh, the baby swallows grow up. Yeah, and that's awesome seeing that they, these, they're actually a protected species, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. So you're not allowed to disturb their nest or mm-hmm. disturb the animals. Um, if they're growing in the side of your house, it is a blessing. I mean, not the poop below, um, but... But they uh, eat insects and I love them. Exactly. Mosquitoes. And uh, my dad, for the longest time back in England, tried to encourage them to nest around the farm because he loves seeing the nesting swallows yeah. or swifts or uh, um, when they migrate across. It's a good sign that springs in the air. Yeah, the... Uh farm that i worked at when i was younger we had swallow nests and my boss loved them and then it was also my job to go around and like discourage pigeons because they would start to build a nest and go over (laughs) and like no no pigeons we don't want pigeons but the swallows are fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get that uh pigeons are not in any distress they can breed all year round and oh my god are they good at that and they make way more of a mess. Oh, yeah. They can actually destroy uh, buildings because of the acidity in their poops. Yeah. I think um, that's why I was I was growing up because I was really young. I was like, why are we being so discriminatory? And you're like, we like these birds, but we don't like these birds. I, it makes more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And they can get in huge numbers around city centers where they're being fed. It's true. Um, but, uh, funnily enough, um, they support populations of peregrine falcons in the hearts of cities hmm. it is actually quite common to see uh peregrine falcons living in new york city london um potentially even toronto they actually do pretty well in that kind of environment and the pigeons give them a food source in fact what's really cool is because of all the lighting from uh people at night peregrine falcons can actually hunt at night hmm. because they're flying up above the pigeons are below and they're able to be active because there's light and the peregrines can see them because they're because of the light oh interesting i would also just like to clarify though but that uh i have nothing against pigeons it was my boss that had something against pigeons pigeons are actually really cool oh yeah don't worry <laughs> I, I know you love all things i do um but uh, that also except means except apparently i don't love fish enough <laughs> you will <laughs> Well, you will we'll see Trust how it me. goes i mean there's still the spring salmon for example the silver it's ones true. i think they're called steelheads okay. right now or mm-hmm. are those the oceanic version of trout i don't know fish you will i will okay. i will okay. you know you will for our great 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 grandmother titiliac 
many millions of years that all tetrapods are related to, I will make sure that you love fish. I'm just like lost now. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's supposed I, to be the fish that, uh, or the fossil that uh, is the transition onto land uh, for tetrapods. Threatened. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, uh, I'll take a step back. <laughs> Ease you into the fish. Yeah. That's better. Be nice to me, Cal. Gosh. <laughs> um, but going back to Easter, mm -hmm. there's quite a few animals um, that are associated with rabbits. it. Rabbits. Definitely. Oh, I love rabbits. I have two pet bunnies at home. And okay, I, but I would like to clarify do not buy your children a pet rabbit for Easter unless you know what you're getting into. It's a big commitment. Mm. They live like 10, sometimes 15 years. It's like getting a dog. My rabbits actually have my second bedroom and it's entirely theirs <laughs> and they're spoiled and I love them. And I got them accidentally. Accidentally? Yeah. yeah, I was working at a vet clinic and the one bunny came in with an injury and she hadn't intended to get this rabbit. Her daughter had just come home with it and then he needed a whole bunch of surgery and stuff and she didn't seem very pleased about it and I literally was like, I have owned rabbits before. If you're okay with it, I will adopt him from you and I'll co cover all the costs. He's gonna need medication twice a day and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, okay. And I took him home that night. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. My boyfriend was rather understanding. You know what? Props on him <laughs> because we already had like two dogs and a cat and I was just like, but this bunny, I love him. Yeah, I've got to admit, you can't get angry at someone holding a rabbit. Right. And Especially is, if you have the means to look after it he and is experience. the sweetest thing. Like, he gives me kisses in the morning. And then we went to a local rabbit rescue, and he went on rabbit speed dating, and he picked out a girlfriend. And so now he's got a partner. Rabbit speed dating. Rabbit speed dating. How is does that thing. work? So they basically, they kind of get a smaller pen, and they bring in females that they think, or like female, or partners that they think they might get along with. And if they really don't like each other they pull that one out and they bring another one in until they find one that they actually make a connection with and they're like oh i like you and they start like grooming each other and you're like they like each other that's his girlfriend wow that's awesome i mean it could have been a boyfriend but he picked a girl hmm. just happened <laughs> yeah, i don't know that's pretty crazy i did not think that there was speed dating for some pets yeah Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and it was at a rescue too, so I was supporting the local rescue. Oh, nice. There, yeah, and I bought my food from them, and yeah, it's fantastic. That's awesome too that you found a uh, partner for it, because there are some interactions that people just can't, you know, fill. Like taking your dog to the dog park, you know, your pup needs to have those social interactions with dogs that they like, for example. I take my rabbit on walks. You what? I take my rabbit on walks. Okay, how does that work? I don't know, he's just like the coolest rabbit I've ever met and he's got a little harness and he goes on walks with me and my dogs down to the river and usually half the time I have to pick him up halfway through and take him to the river, but once he gets there, he likes to rock hop. I don't know, he's like a dog in a rabbit's body, okay? I love him. <laughs> how does, uh, you said you walk him with your dogs. Yeah, my dogs love him. How did you um, um, get the dogs and the rabbit to uh, warm up to each other? I honestly think I'm just lucky. Okay. I don't know. Like my one dog, Bear, he's super big, fluffy boy, is one of the most gentle creatures on the face of the planet. Like anytime I've brought anything home, like we um, hatched chickens one year and he just walks right up and he kind of boops them with his nose and he'll just like Aww. stare at them. It's so cute. And he's huge. He's a big dog. Oh yeah. I've seen Bear. Yeah. And then my other dog, Roxy, it's more like, I don't know, she's really good about if something's in the house, she seems to understand that she's not allowed to eat it. Hmm. She will chase wild birds and she'll chase wild rabbits, but 
the rabbit being in the second bedroom, which has a gate across it so she can smell him. She was like, ah, oh, this is a, I'm not allowed to chase that one. Hmm. I don't know. He has his own separate area and like he's never out with the, with the dogs unless I'm there supervising. Right. So right, that's a good I would policy. never just leave them all together. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, just Roxy would step on him. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> She's not very spatially aware. <laughs> Yeah, dogs can uh, not know their own strength sometimes. But I would just like to say that rabbits are fantastic pets, but they are a big commitment. They are a big space commitment. Do not get your kids one for Easter. That's definitely something we can talk about is responsible pet ownership. Yeah. Um, There's quite a few pets on the market um, that you want to do your research on, Uh Um, even with dog breeds. Mm -hmm. So me and my girlfriend last year, we uh, got a puppy. Um, Odin. Yeah, his name is Odin because dog spelt backwards is God. Fact. That's my fact of the day. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to (laughs) cry. But um, what we wanted to do was we had to do the research on the breed because there are so many different dog breeds out there with so many different requirements, Mm -hmm. needs, um, or even health conditions that you need to look into. Um, especially if you go for the purebreds. That's why I condone mixes. Right. Um, so uh, you want to do the reading. You want to know the energy levels. If you get a collie or a sporty dog, you need to be available to walk them yeah. long periods of time and stimulate them uh, intellectually. Like they need mm-hmm. to, otherwise they will be very destructive. Yeah. Um, we found Kisond, uh, which was on our apartment's uh, approved list. It's a barge dog, so it's okay with apartment living. Of course, mm-hmm. still has medium energy, so still needs a good walk every day or two, um, plus some playtime um, and uh, some puzzles as well to keep him stimulated. He's a long-haired uh, dog, which also means we have to be aware of hot weather, uh, frequent grooming. Once every three days, we have to give him a good brush. And you should also know that you know, there will be some things that aren't exactly clean about dealing with animals. Like, it's true. for example, I think you might know because Bear's a long-haired dog too. He is, yeah. If their poops aren't firm, you have to be prepared to do quite a bit of wiping. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so. Yeah. Bear is a great Pyrenees, Caucasian Shepherd mix. And oh, when wow. I went into looking for dogs, I was in university, but I desperately wanted to get another dog to live with my Rottweiler German Shepherd mix. And I wanted something low energy. So I literally looked up like 15 low energy breeds and I just had them on a list. And then I just waited until I could find a puppy that was of any kind of assortment of those mixes. Mm. And it was important for me uh, that it was a puppy because I have really young siblings and I just wanted a dog that I could raise and no, he didn't, you know, he'll be good around the little kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was a thing. It's, uh, it's definitely, um, you can find some really good detailed information on breeds. Are they a family dog? Are they good with other dogs? Um, energy levels, all that stuff. Oh, and yeah. It's good to pick a breed that suits your needs best. Bear, Bear is so low energy that he is like the exact same energy level as my 13-year-old Rottweiler. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, we take him out for a walk, and they both come in, they're like, it's nap time. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great. Right? Um, uh, other things to think about when buying a pet is also, um, don't be fooled by false information you can get. True. Uh, fish will not stop growing based on the size of their tank. Neither will turtles. Exactly. Or snakes. Or snakes. And don't listen to people if they tell you, oh, the way to get your, um, tortoise 
to stay small is you only feed it one meal a week because that is starvation. We had someone surrender a tortoise one time. Really? That was doing that. The person who had sold them just told them, oh, just give it one salad once a week and it'll stay small. And I mean, they do because you're starving them. And that's actually Optimus, the, uh, the tortoise we have out there. So he's actually filled with rage and doesn't like people. And I understand why. He's a sweetheart now. Like he's 120 pounds now, but he was very tiny when we got him. Oof. Way too tiny. Yeah, I can't imagine that's good for his bone density either. Or no. His scales. Um, and one of the big things with tortoises is uh, giving them the right type of light because if they don't get the right kind of like UVB, they'll actually start to develop soft shell. Hmm. And that you can't reverse that, right? So it's it's a it's a big thing you need to do a lot of research Absolutely. i also don't think that turtles and tortoises are really the best pet because i think like the longest lived spurthide tortoise that i remember recorded in a facility was like 147 or something ridiculous like you'd have to pass on your pet to your great grandchildren there's no preparing for that <laughs> You know? Yeah, absolutely. To me, like a rabbit possibly living 15 years is a commitment. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you should definitely, even some of the smaller animals, chinchillas live for a surprisingly long amount of time. Yeah. Um, and another long-lived animal that's sometimes picked up on the pet trade is macaws, parrots. Oh, gosh, yeah. They and... are super intelligent mm-hmm. and also something you've got to be really prepared for. And I'm sure you know this, you interact with uh, Chuva a lot. Yeah. She was a sweet girl. They have favorites. Oh, they do. And they have people they dislike. They have pyramids, actually, <laughs> and they've got levels of people on it, or at least Chuva does. And if someone walks into the room that is on a higher level than you are, she would literally turn on you. She's like, I don't like you. I've never liked you. I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> because I can't let that person know that I was cheating on them. <laughs> oh, my God. No, she's, she's very complicated. And then the thing that people don't understand about macaws is it's like having a toddler forever they don't mm-hmm. grow out of that screaming rackety throwing things destructive phase they're yeah. like that for 60 years or however long they end up living right so yeah. it's nuts and there are tons of bird rescues that take them in um try mm-hmm. to find them good homes but also have to host uh how hose house them themselves <laughs> um I, I remember when I had uh, an encounter with Chuva um, and she was sat on a perch next to me during a staff meeting. This could have been uh, seen as workplace abuse since technically Chuva is my co-worker. Oh my and she moved over to the side of her branch and I could not read her. She was fluffing up her, pellet, uh, her feathers and she was nodding her head and she was giving the eye and she was really making sure that I knew she was there and she had her wings a bit out oh, yeah. and fluffing up. And I'm like, do you want to get on my arm? Or do you want to bite my ear? I can't read you right it's now. It's really hard to tell <laughs> like, until you're getting bit. Yeah. I, um, yeah, this is... Uh, what did you say at the staff meeting? I'm sorry. I'm a bit distracted. Cause... <laughs> he, she also sometimes, if she gets really mad at you, like if you're taking too long to bring her her nut or whatever treat you're going to give her, she'll actually start to turn like red in oh, her man. face. Yeah. You can really tell. Like you can actually... She's like, oh... <laughs> Sweetheart, it's fine. I'm just on the other side of the room. I'm coming. <laughs> You're taking too long. <laughs> um, I, another animal you've got to be super careful with in the pet trade because its name is misleading. Sugar gliders. Mm-hmm. You know why sugar gliders are misleading, right? In their name. No, tell me. Really? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I just, I, 
maybe I do, but now I feel like I'm put on the spot and I'm scared. Sorry, I'm, I'm going me. for the whole, me and Ashley are so close. We finish each we, other's. Sandwiches. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was deliberate though. No, it's just frozen <laughs> reference. I'm sorry. No worries. Good reference. <laughs> so sugar gliders don't just eat sugar or syrup or mm -hmm. tree sap. They mm -hmm. actually eat a lot of insects and I think um, some plant matter as well. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to do your research. The other thing is they're a social species. And nocturnal. Yeah. So Super don't expect nocturnal. much interaction with your pet um, mm -hmm. when they're sleeping. They need their time to sleep. And they do require at least one other playmate. I think it could be three or four playmates potentially. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you've also got to make sure that any animal you introduce is one that they're okay with. It might not turn out to be a good setup. I wonder if there's sugar gliding, sugar glider speed dating. Sugar glider speed dating. I highly doubt it. I don't think there's enough sugar gliders out there for that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know they're fairly popular. Yeah. Um, and interesting enough, the only marsupial I can think of off the top of my head that you're legally allowed to own as a pet. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I eh? don't recommend it, though, unless you do your research. Absolutely. <laughs> that is always my message. Any pet, do your research. And mm -hmm. I think another day we're going to have to do a full in-depth talk on exotic pets. Yeah, it's true. Um, most of which are illegal uh, in Canada. So you can't own a big cat, for example. Thank goodness. Right. Because that is just asking for trouble. There's a story for Boomer, right? Our, our uh, male lion. Yeah, but that's a big story. I think we needed a whole podcast just for his story because he's the best thing ever. But yes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he was a pet. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you see, that's crazy to me that you would think you could keep a lion as a pet. Mm -hmm. Um just the costs, you know, the food that they'd have to eat, well, the no, vet bills, a lot the of time, space. A lot of times with carnivores like that, and I have heard of stories. I've, like, seen it on media as people get these animals, raise them from really, really young, and then they reach a certain point where they're like, actually, I'm in charge now, and they maul their owner because mm. they're not a domestic animal. The, like, there's a huge difference between domesticating an animal and taming an animal. Mm. <sighs> No, absolutely. Yeah. You, yeah, that was actually a really cool study that they did on foxes. I know this study. Go for in it. In Russia. Take over. The, the, the silver-tipped fox. Silver-tipped fox, okay. Right, right? Is that the one? Is That's that the one. The one? one? That's yeah. totally the one. Yeah, so they were, were the one where they were breeding uh, for temperament because they were yep. trying to figure out uh, if aggression was an inherited trait, which, spoiler alert, they found it pretty much was. Because they took all of the kindest foxes, the nicest foxes, and they bred them. Like, and they bred all the most aggressive foxes, right? Mm -hmm. And then once they did, once they got down a few generations, what they would do is they'd take like an aggressive female and a oh, docile, that's the word they used, a docile male, and they'd breed them, and almost all the babies would come out aggressive. They'd do things like they'd take aggressive kits from aggressive mother and have them raised by docile parents, and they would all be aggressive. So they did managed to link aggression as a actual inherited trait um, mm. but also these docile foxes on the one side they got to a point because it was over like 60 generations mm -hmm. that they were breeding them to be kinder and nicer and nicer they like borderline accidentally domesticated them yeah yeah so they started doing things like wagging their tails and they'd see the keepers and yep. they come running up and they got way more friendly and one of the things that is fascinating is that somewhere along that line the foxes colors went crazy mm -hmm. silver tip foxes are always like a gray with a silver 
tip to their tail and like little silver tippings to their fur. All of a sudden they were getting like red foxes, Dalmatian colored foxes, like foxes with patches and stuff like that. And yep. so they are now theorizing that all these weird color patterns like you see on Holstein cows and like certain dogs is actually linked to domestication because they no longer require the ability to, what's it called, camouflage. Right. Because they now depend on us. True. Thank and you for my monologue. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I'm sorry. I loved that. Oh, it was I amazing. tried to convince my dad that it was a good idea to get a fox when I was like 11. <laughs> not a good idea, though. It was not. No, but I was Definitely 11. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my dreams are coming true. <laughs> if you want to laugh, right? Okay. When I was a kid, I walked into the office and I saw that my parents were going to sell the fish farm. Oh. And I got really upset because oh, I loved no. the fish farm. Do you know what my dad told me we were going to, what farm we would move to, to oh, cheer me up? Oh, no. Oh, no. Tell me. Awesome. We could open up a crocodile farm. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll do next. Now, at the time, I couldn't quantify that a crocodile farm in the UK would probably not be very profitable or plausible. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh. Whoa. <laughs> no. Oh but um, that, the fox example, so cool. Floppy ears, too. Yeah. They develop floppy ears, patchy fur, the tail wagging mm -hmm. it tells us that the traits that we see in dogs are actually linked to um the more friendly behavior yeah so certain genetic traits they they're kind of a buy one get one free or this is what comes with your you know when you go to value village yeah. and you see those bags that contain all the goods and you just want one thing in that bag but you have to accept everything else in the bag it's true that's what it is you want friendly behavior guess what floppy ears wagging tail yeah, it's true. It was it was that was such a cool uh, thing. I remember like freaking out about it when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I can't remember the status of what's going on there now. But last I researched was like a long time ago. It was still ongoing. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing we should talk about in another podcast is domestication. Yeah, the process many different animals <laughs> such as guinea pigs, which now make good pets, but there actually is a wild variety of guinea pig. Uh, living Whoa. in uh, some part of South America. It's so crazy. That's awesome. I saw a documentary. I watched a whole documentary on guinea pigs. Interesting. That's what I do in my free time. Yeah, I, I hike <laughs> mountains. <laughs> you see, I'm resting. I'm getting ready for the next day of I work. I refuse to rest. I literally posted on my story the other day, I refuse to rest my time off, and it was a picture of me rock climbing. <laughs> hey, that's fair. You know, you yeah. live life to the full. I just have too much energy because I have attention deficit disorder, so... Totally fair. Wee, 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 wee. <laughs> um, other things to uh, see as well is when you get a pet, make sure that you've got the finances for it. Yeah. There's this really good YouTube channel that I sometimes watch. Um, I think he's called um, Clint's Reptiles. Okay. And so what he does is he says, is this animal the best pet lizard, best pet snake, best pet that? And he does some cool ones like bearded dragons, right? Okay. Which is pretty cool but he also yeah. does some ridiculous ones that you can somehow get in certain places on the pet trade like puff adder oh. uh, caiman um king cobra like things like that and of course they Ooh. get extremely low scores the yeah, ones okay. that aren't suitable but it gives you good feedback looks at cost um uh how uh, hard or um what's the word um handleable Handability, yeah, does that, um, as well as upfront costs, but also how healthy the animal is or how susceptible it is to disease or um, changes, for example. So it's, it's pretty informative, and sometimes it expands to other species outside of reptiles, but if you're looking up information on 
what pets are good for you, there's lots of resources out there that there you can are. look at. Yeah, and sometimes you just have to admit that that pet that you wanted is not the best fit. Even fish. Sometimes. Yeah. Even fish. Like um, right now, the arowana, um, especially the Asian arowana, um, isn't doing so well in the wild. And a part of it is because they're extremely valued fish on the pet trade. Oh, no. Um, exactly. Um, they can sell for a lot of money because they are uh, just a beautiful looking fish in an aquarium. Mm. Interesting. But they do much better in the wild, of course, in their natural habitat. We've also gone way off topic from Easter. <laughs> right, we were talking about <laughs> eggs, rabbits, pets. Wow, today we've just gone nuts with the tangents, man. <laughs> well, uh, this has been an interesting conversation. Always. Um, if anyone has any questions for us, please do not hesitate to email us at podcast at gvzoo.com. I'm Callum Hughes. And I'm Ashley Wysick. And this has been A, a Wild, wild conversation. conversation.